What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Johnny Carson once interviewed Betty Davis and asked if she had any advice for young starlets wanting to get ahead in Hollywood. She suggested take Fountain. Fountain Avenue runs parallel to Santa Monica and Sunset Boulevards in Hollywood and is often used to avoid the heavier traffic. And isn't that what we're all after? A smooth run, no hold-ups, not only in traffic, but also in life. How do people handle those hold-ups, the rejections? How do they create a life in the entertainment capital of the world? How do they identify and express their uniqueness in a place where hundreds of thousands are hoping to do the same. Welcome to Take Fountain. Compelling stories from passionate people who've made it, are making it, in Hollywood. Writers, comedians, actors, filmmakers. I'll talk to anyone with a story to tell. Welcome to Take Fountain, a podcast of passionate people working on their dreams. Compelling stories from Hollywood. Your host, Ella James. Let's start. Um, so, Cara Kimbram, this is so funny because you see, in my in my language, I call you Cara, but it's Cara. 
It's Kara. But I think you could call me anything, Ella, and I'd be okay with it because he sounds so good. You could call me Butter Baby, and I'd be like, I would be like, yeah, ever since I was a kid, people called me Kara. And it's funny because Kara is not an exotic name by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a name people want to go with a K, Kara. And that's just not my name. Doesn't piss me off by any means, but it is funny that that is the running theme. But in your case, you call me whatever. I changed my name um, back in 1999. I didn't know. I was Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Oh, my gosh. I never got Deborah. I got Deb or Debbie, and I hate Debbie. Uh, with, with respect to Debbies, I just don't like it for myself. It's not you. Debbie. And, <laughs> uh, and what I find really funny here is if I say my name is Ella, like at Starbucks or on the phone or mm-hmm. something, people will go, that's E-L-L-E-R. Since when has Ella ever been spelt like old lit yeller? <laughs> oh my gosh, Eller? Yeah, just put me down for Eller. It's that's the just... way I speak. Must be. I think it sounds so pretty, like a lullaby, Ella. Oh, that's so nice. No, I name lullaby. Ella Fitzgerald and Eva James. I love it. Yeah, it's so pretty. Mm. And it's sophisticated. That's well. I used to joke that I was in the witness protection program, but I don't joke about that stuff now. Oh, that's so funny. Times are hard. So listen, where are you from? Uh, originally from Texas, yeehaw, you know. And you have to yeehaw. I just do it because everyone's expecting something real country. Like when I moved out here, I mean, oh my gosh, I got so much of those typical country jokes. Like, you know, you know where the, you know, you're on the West Coast, right? This is a Pacific Ocean. Like people talk to you like you're a freaking retard. I shouldn't have said that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and it, um, so I just play into it. I think it's funny. Um, so a man was unkind to me on the road the other day. And I put my cowboy hat on. I don't know why. And he turned around and said, you just go right round me, little lady. Aww. So I didn't do that very well, but he must have been from the South, right? He must have liked it. He yeah. must have thought, oh, she's lost. Well, I know, but I just, I don't know why I even put my hat on in response to somebody being unkind, but it was better than road rage. You know what? That is a good thing. There's so much rage right now. Just do something different. Oh, put, a, totally. put a hat on. If, yeah. it, if, what a, if a hat works. <laughs> yeah. So tell me your story, though. So what part of Texas? Um, well, I'm from a little white trash town outside of Houston on the Gulf of Mexico. Um, it's literally like a tiny little town. My husband came to visit. He's like, do they have a Bank of America? I was like, calm down, fancy. They don't have a bank. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they have a bank, actually. It's a tiny town amongst a bunch of little tiny towns on the Gulf. So it's it's not in the sticks, but it's very white tea, white trash. Yeah. And, um trailer parks things like that but there's also a mix is a mixed bag but you know there's a lot of strip clubs a lot of churches and yet it's um it's near the water um hold for sound my husband is painting okay awesome and um but yeah it's it's actually a cool little place to be from i think anytime you're from somewhere and then you move somewhere opposite there's something really cool about that yeah yeah that's um that's really interesting that uh, that you said you know white trash white tea what does that mean to you I mean, I think it just basically means it's a funny way of just saying, you know, poor white people in the South. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean they hate people. It just means, you know, not a lot of cash. Um, we, I mean, like we grew up eating bacon wrapped hot dogs for a, a meal and that was normal. Like hamburger helper was normal for us. Like that was just normal. I love this. Can I just little side note so tk madison is uh, also an la comic he's your husband yes and while we're sitting recording this in your apartment tk is earnestly painting but what it sounds like he's doing because he's tearing tape and moving plastic sheeting it sounds like he's dexter (laughs) (laughs) 
like your Dexter right now, honey. I was like, honey, we're doing a podcast. You're like, yeah, I'm a really quiet painter, and he's like moving stuff around and stuff. No, okay. that's okay. That's okay. It just adds to the adds to the. Flavor. I like that he's just going to do no, his I thing. No, I ask that because you know, I've seen you on stage a lot, mm-hmm. and and um, this is going to be in the intro, but you are. So funny, so hysterical. When I say to my friends, you've got to come because Kara's going to be on stage tonight, Um, they are never disappointed. You are just so real and so authentic. But you've often mentioned this white trash thing on stage. Well, I love I love it as a character, and it is a part of, like, that down-home thing. I mean, I don't overly read into what does white trash mean on, like, a moral level. It's more of a, a style, you know, like a down-home, um, you know, white privilege was not my jam growing up, you know, very, I wouldn't, I don't want to say very poor, but poor, you know, and, uh, and you know, very country, and I think there's things about it that are really just funny, mm. um, and I, not to say white privilege is not a thing, because it certainly is, but I mean, where I came from, it was definitely, you know, we were definitely poor. Are you the only comedian in the family? I mean, I think I'm the only, yeah, I'm the only one that's on stage doing it, but, um, like, my brothers are just super funny, and they're always the life of the party, and they're just, like, really, like, jokesters, and, I mean, brother... <laughs> My brother, one's in Louisiana, one's in Texas, and my brother from Texas. They're both in sales, I mean, so they have to be funny, you know. Yeah. And my brother from Texas is like, Kara, you know, I could do what you do. He's like, I could totally do it. I'm like, well, get your ass on stage. I'll see how, you'll see how it goes when you have to actually, you know. He's like, he's like, ain't nothing but a G thing. I could do it. He's just, he's, they, they all think they're funny, but they are. They're funny people, you know. What brought you to L.A.? flashy lights um you know mama wants to be a star ella just like you and everybody else you're just like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go west i'm gonna see what i've got and uh then i got a job at starbucks uh wasn't exactly the idea of a star and um yeah you know i've done a million hollywood hustle jobs i call it the craigslist chronicles like all the little jobs i've had and um and here i am now just doing stand-up thankfully and living off my husband woohoo California dream. He says something like that in his stand-up, which is, oh gosh, can I remember it? Fortunately, he's here. TK, help me out. TK, what's your joke? Yeah. What's that joke about? Come over here, baby. Your wife working because she gets to do. I said, um, my wife doesn't work because we got married. We both decided that she didn't want to. Right. <laughs> it's not quite that succubus, mm. but a bit, a yeah. bit of it. Uh... TK. You can Honey. go now. Yeah. Hey, listen, it works. That's the main thing. Well, we work together, but he definitely, when I say we work together, he does definitely more like 70% of the workload. I do about 30%, um, which works for me. So yeah. him, I don't know. We're still... <laughs> It's been five years, so. Five years married. Yes. Where did you meet? We actually met at a good old-fashioned sports bar down the road, and um, found out then we were comedians. We were both from Texas, and that we found out the same night. But we didn't, ironically, meet in a uh, comedy club, which is typically how we should have met. And we met at a sports bar, which I think is good because dating other like comics or uh, entertainers and you meet them in their element, it's a, it's kind of a, an exaggerated or just like a it's not the whole picture of who the person is. And then you can have a talent crush or you can kind of want to, um, you see them in their element. Whereas you really just need to fall in love with the person, not their act, not their, not their talent. You need to fall in love with who they are. So yeah. I think it was actually good. Yeah. You know, you st- did you start doing comedy out in uh, Texas? Or I had, start here? I had tried it a few times, but I didn't really necessarily move. I knew it was always funny. Um, 
funny finds you. I don't think you set out to be funny. I think it's a survival skill, and so I think it kind of finds you. And um, I think every girl kind of just wants to be pretty for a while, right? They just want to be like, a pretty girl. And then that shit wasn't working out for me, and I got funny. <laughs> oh, that's just crazy. Um, and let me tell you, she's just the most gorgeous. gorgeous oh, my woman. gosh. Thank but, you, Mel. I do that thing on stage where I say to the audience, you know, who are generally so much younger than I, and I say to them, you know, for God's sake, develop a personality because those looks aren't going to last. Oh, it's true. Right? I mean, I have so many friends that moved out here and they were playing the hot girl roles. And, you know, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. <laughs> you like eventually you age out very soon. Those are very competitive roles to just be like the pretty girlfriend or the hot, you know, or the leading actress based on just like the ingenue look. You know what I mean? You've got to really come up with different skill sets. I mean, everybody should. Well, it is in life. Didn't anybody? I mean, that's hard imitating life. Yeah, I mean, really? at any point, I mean, if you want to act, you better really get range. And if you want to do anything, you've got to bring more than the table. But in LA, I mean, it just, you can get sexy and bulk here. It's just like they're falling from the sky. I mean, even when you think you're having a thin face day, or if you're feeling hot, and you might be like a 10 in Detroit, you know, you come to LA, you're a sub two. Like, you just, right. you can't, you cannot set up shop being the hot chick. You got to move on. I have never seen as many attractive men and women as when I moved here. Initially, it's, it was like walking through a magazine. It is weird. I think you become used to it and numb, and then when you leave and do something on the road or you go back home, people are like, well, who do you think you are wearing your hair like that and, you know, wearing those high heels? I'm like, uh... I think I'm like an LA three. Right. Uh, this is not a big deal. Um, but other places it's like, well, you think you're a big deal cause you're, you, I don't know. I mean, and you know, you, you know how it is in LA. Well, let's talk about that. LA is so much about confidence. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah. And I hate the fake it till you make it thing, mm. but it also, you're an actor too, mm -hmm. right? So, so when you go to an audition, you do all the preparation, you have the coaching and then you walk in and you leave all of that behind and it's all about confidence not brazenness not arrogance but just being really confident about mm. who you are so yeah. there's no room for that kind of down home shy vulnerable mm. person mm. who's trying to get people on side you're not trying you're showing them yeah that you've got what it takes and that is uniquely la isn't it i think so I I don't know. This is going down one of those conversations where I kind of find that in this town, what is original is what's countercultural, what's counter the energy. So I feel like everyone's so ambitious here and so hungry and so thirsty and everyone kind of is working so hard to be everything mm -hmm. that when you kind of go in and you're really comfortable with who you are and you know yourself and you aren't really in that desperate mode I think that reads really clearly to people because it's a law of attraction it's also just like a god thing like you go in knowing Ella and Ella knows Ella and Ella's not trying to be you know everything to everyone she's just I'm Ella and I'm, you know you're gonna do the role and be the part but I think that that is attractive because so many people it's like a, there's a stability there's like a in, in that confidence, there's like a like a something really strong mm -hmm. from just being who you are, yeah. and that is something that is shouldn't be a novelty, but it's almost a novelty here. Mm. Like I find like some of the, all the things I've kind of gotten through doing stand up or whatever the, the the gigs I've gotten, they kind of found me just doing my thing, 
And I think that there's something to that when you're in your element and you're just comfortable with your voice and who you are, as opposed to, I mean, I've had so many people I've met and friends I've met that they've gone through evolutions of trying to be a million things mm -hmm. because the fear of missing out, or I've got to win, I've got to produce, I've got to, blah, 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 and it drives you a little crazy. And then you're kind of a shadow of who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where LA goes wrong, where people need that confidence, but not in like, because I can be all these things, but because I know who I am, mm -hmm. that is a, I think that's really yeah, strong. I, LA sorts out the wheat from the chaff. Really yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Oh, a lot of stuff like, weeds out. In Australia, out. I've always been a big girl. I've, I've mm -hmm. gone up and down, and if anybody can find the thousands of pounds that I've lost, by all means, you just hold on to them. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, please. Know, over and up, down, up, down, up, down. Oh, I know I, all about that. I, I worry when people lose weight because I, I know what happens next. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, and I wish it didn't. Um, what do you think happens next for people that lose weight? I think it comes back. Yeah, I can. Yeah. You know, I think it's a lifelong struggle. Mm -hmm. And I've just accepted me now. Yeah. You know, I hate that I can't wear the clothes that I really would love mm. to wear. And I hate that when I walk down the street... Well, actually, no, I don't. I don't even know what it's like for somebody to go, well, he was 16. <laughs> it's, never been my, it's never been my wheelhouse. So, if, you know. You know, but I you know, are, and not. I don't know if people have seen you that listen to this or not, but you are a very beautiful woman. It's not like you're some haggard woman that look, you, you. you look very put together and you've, no. you're very elegant and you're pretty. Yeah, but we all want something that we don't have. And yeah. I would like to be a bikini model just once. You just want to give it a try. I, you know, if I had a perfect body, uh, firstly, I think I'd be in half the day just thinking it and saying, yeah. that's what that feels like. Yeah. Um, I went to an audition here in Hollywood mm. that will make you laugh. Uh, my agent said, uh, this is for a hostess of a club, you're British, and um, um, and uh, a guy rides in on a horse and you're the hostess and greets them and, and this is your line. And I'm like, okay, fine. And I read it and it says age range 18 to 25. And, and I ring her back and I say, oh, darling, I think we've got a problem here because I'm, I'm not in that age range. No, 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 don't worry about it. I call the casting director. They're looking forward to seeing you. So I walk into the cast and I'm fully dressed out in the evening. I've got more spanks on. Yeah. They had to cut me out of that with a box knife. Oh, right? yeah, I've been there. You've been there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I've got the full floor-length gown. I'm, I'm all cleavage to the wind. I could love rest it. a gin and love tonic it. on there, you know. I love it. High heels and I strut into this place and there are 20 women. Women who are all under 24, 25, and they're wearing like sparkly romper suits, mm. backless, yeah, and with little tattoos on their back, and and you know you can see the cheeks, not the face ones. <laughs> the romper, something. God, you're just so gorgeous. What am I doing here? Anyway, so the casting director looks up from a clipboard and she says to me, "I'm sorry, what role are you here for?" And I just looked at her and I pulled myself up to my full five foot five and I said, the horse. Because <laughs> I thought, how can I win here? Wow. Like, it was just one of those crazy things where you're suddenly, I'm not describing this properly, I was surrounded by what Hollywood is. Mm. And... You know, I mean, I didn't get it, but I felt like I, I won. I definitely think you did because when you go into something and you're like, Oh, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I mean, people love that. I've had so many things uh, by just having a good time and I'm going, hey, you know, this is maybe my two-minute audition, but I'm going to just, I'm going to enjoy myself because, yeah. you know, you go on so many. It's more like, let's just give them a great performance. Let me have a great time and 
What's the most fun thing you've ever gone in for or got? Well, to be honest with you, through my stand-up, um, I was referred to this hidden camera show, and they'd been looking for, like, the last actress they needed for this TV show for a year. I'm like, how hard is it to find? I mean, I know a thousand great improv actresses. They're, like, my friends, you know? Um, and a friend of TK, my husband's, referred me and sent in my stand-up to them, and they cast me, and the next week, I found it on Wednesday, that weekend I was in New York shooting the sizzle for an A&E hidden camera show. And I'd never done anything like that. And I just had to, like, play off people and try to, like, you know, do these crazy embarrassing things. I was like, sign me up. I love this. You know, this is my jam. And um, then it went to pilot. And then the next, like, a few months later, I'm back in New York, you know, with a driver and hotel. And I just think I've made it. And, uh, you know, I thought, this is it, guys. My life's changing. You know, sell the car. Sell the kids. Don't, you know, don't contact me on this number. I'm going to have to get a new one. Like, I just thought this was going to happen, you know. And we did several different shoots. And I just thought it was for the A&E, uh, an A&E uh, show. And unfortunately, they didn't, it didn't go to air. But. I remember thinking it was just exciting. It was one of my first things. And, and it just came from me doing me. Yeah. And it was like, wow. And I kind of feel like if you're one of these people that just doesn't fit in the box, you just got to keep doing you. And I think God's going to bring about the right thing. Something's going to happen that's going to reveal to you in the right timing, the right project or the role or the whatever. Yeah. It's going to kind of come together. You know, it may not look what you thought, but I, I really believe that, you know. I want to talk about your singing. We're going to get mm. to that. Because you burst out in a song a couple of times and you mm. do it on stage as well. And I just, I love it. But I want to talk to you about, so you, you're in New York and you've got a driver and you've got yeah, a hotel yeah, yeah. and it's exciting, right? Oh, yeah. I thought I was... And it's going to get picked up and it's going to get picked up and it's going to get mm -hmm. picked up. And that building excitement where... You are spending your first paycheck 53 times. Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to pay this bill. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get mama of this. And mm -hmm. right? yeah, all yeah. of that goes through your head. Oh, and my gosh. And you get the call mm -hmm. where yeah. it's not going to go ahead. Oh, my How gosh. How do you deal with that? Well, um, I feel like ugh, anybody in the game has probably will and eventually multiple times be down this path and then maybe they'll make it and they might be down that path again and it was my first time to kind of experience the build-up because it was a big build-up and I kept thinking I'm going to be a series regular on this new hidden camera show and my life's going to change and everything's going to be you know that went and um it was just it's disappointing you got to pick yourself up and you got to kind of go well there's going to be something else and um you kind of just check it off as like well I had it coming you know, is it, it, she had it coming. She had it coming. She had it coming. She had it. Da, 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 da. Yeah, right. So let's forget <laughs> that. Yeah, go. and off we go. So it kind of was like, well, I guess this is the this is the reality of anybody working towards anything. They're gonna experience, you know, setbacks, or that's not a setback, but you're gonna experience, you know, no or wait or not now or you know, no, 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 no. I mean, Kevin Hart talks about all of his haters that think he just is dominating this industry and he and didn't deserve it. He says, you know, honestly, I heard for X, for like, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, he heard too short, not funny enough, too small, you know, this, that, and the other. He said, I've heard no, 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 no for 20 years. Mm. And now he's a mogul. Yeah. And he's empowering a bunch of other people. Mm. So I think that's amazing too. People don't really know that. And I'm not, I mean, I haven't made it. I'm just like everyone else still in the hustle and, and but I'm enjoying life. I'm not living for it as opposed to people okay. that are just like, I can't enjoy life until I make it. And I'm not, I don't believe in that. I don't believe life is going to happen when I quote unquote make it. You know, I'm not guaranteed those things. I'm, I, I believe life is now. I want to live and love life and live my purpose now. Whether it's a small scale, a medium or big scale, I'm going to do it now. Do you have... 
some ideas of what your life might look like, might feel like, what your living might be like when you've, in inverted commas, made it? I don't know. I mean, I have ideas like everyone, right? You're hoping that I'm hoping that I can get really good hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> honey, that look real good, honey, because, you know, mama sometimes it look like a train wreck. Number uh, one. Number hair one. Extensions. Yeah, I would like to get some really good makeup. No, uh, but more importantly than that, I would love financially, I'd love to empower like my family and help them out. Some of that need help. And I would love to, you know, really love to launch a bunch of projects I've always wanted to do on my own that take capital and I'd love to empower other comics and people I know that have great projects and you know just really it's not supposed to be just about you it's really supposed mm -hmm. to be like a resource that flows through you mm. to help other people and ideally that's what I would love to do as well. Like I'd love to do my jam, singing, acting, stand up, live shows, blah, 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 TV, film, blah, 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 take over the world. And then that flows just Clothing like every line. You might yes. have your own range of hair extensions. Uh, my own, oh, my own form of Spanx. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I mean, honey, I mean, I also want to, yeah. <laughs> paint on. I want, Why can't they do paint on Spanx? Oh my gosh. If they could do paint on like spray tan, mm. like spray on Spanx where all you had to do was hold your breath in for 30 well four maybe five seconds mm. right and then just boom suction and then as it dries it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller gosh that sounds amazing wouldn't that be great i'll just dissolve it maybe we, and then you just stand under the shower and it does no that's no good because if you sweat it could dissolve on yeah storage. maybe not water but there's got to be water. some kind of tech and listen people are going to the moon they're doing mission mars one we could yeah. do some spanks at well, men wore spanks they would be much better than they are now, i know right? what a low ugh. let's talk about your singing are okay. you trained? I am, yeah. Okay. So when we're singing the first thing for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay. It's your heart. You know, I always say that like, comedy is my personality, music is my heart. That's kind of what I've always thought. Like, I think your heart, you know, the Bible says, you know, music is the key to the heart. And you think about music really connects people. It really transcends so many differences. It transcends. You don't have to speak the same language, and you can hear someone sing something. It could give you the chills, or it can, like, really touch you. And I think mm. music is a heart thing. It's very hard. But um, I started singing at a very young age, and that was my jam. I just, you know, anytime there are people around. I mean, I remember literally. <laughs> it's so crazy. Crazy home life, guys. Not going to get into that. But I just remember I found the yellow book pages. You know, the yellow, old school before Google, you guys. Mm. Um People used to deliver a phone book to your home. I know. That gave everybody's business names and addresses. I literally would go through the yellow pages and start calling numbers. And I started my own campaign. I, I think it was like third grade. And I would call. I don't even think my mom knew I was doing this. I was like, hi, my name is Kara. I'm a local artist. I'm hoping to get on the radio. I'm going to sing you a little bit of Madonna song or Mariah Carey. You pick. And if you like it, let me know. I'm going to put your name down. And then I'm going to send all these names to the radio station to get on the radio. <laughs> So how third grade, how old is that? Uh, is that like eight years old? Okay. Maybe? You know, Jane Fonda says something along the lines of that she had to go back to her seven-year-old self. Mm. The pre-sexualized, mm. the pre-objectified oh, yeah. little girl who's confident to pursue her dreams because nobody's told her no yet. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's you, you, the same thing. Yeah. So I went through my late mother's things mm -hmm. and, um, and I found this piece of paper that she'd kept from when I was about seven and it's a full scap piece of paper. Do you have full scap here? I don't know what that it is. It's like a um, lined writing pad. Okay, yeah. Okay, but, but quite long. And it was all done on pencil and it said, come to our concert. 
And this was a concert Aww. that I, we lived in public housing, mm. and, and this was a concert that I'd put on near where they collect the rent. And all the kids had to do a, like a dance or sing or something. Aww. And on this thing, I'm like collecting one or two cents for Ostcare, which is like a charity thing. Aww. It's hysterical because then I've, I've got no admission, then that's crossed out, no admittance, then that's crossed out. And then I've gone, what do I really want to say here? Admittance, two cents, right? I was Aww. like, and then could mothers or other people please bake cakes? Aww. Mothers or other people? Oh my God. That's such a visionary though. I mean, it, it starts young. But Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I only say it's not a visionary thing. You know, I think when we're little people, we have a really clear idea of where of where we are, mm -hmm. of where we're... I mean, don't. I wasn't only the organizer. I had at least three acts in that show. <laughs> oh, come on, hey. And for your encore performance, the producer, <laughs> the director. Out of the way, mama's coming to town. Yeah, oh, I love it. Oh, right? Yeah, but I think there's something very true about that. Child, childhood embodies something in us that is, I think, very ageless and eternal. It goes back to something deeper than we realize. Mm -hmm. There's a purity in that place of just like, like you said, not sexualized. You haven't been told no a million times. You haven't, you haven't quote unquote, grown up. So there's that wonderment. I really think childhood is connected to spirituality. I think it's connected to the, your art. It's connected to your goals and your visions. And you have to, as an adult, you have to fight to preserve that. Mm. You really do. When was the first time you were recognized for your singing? I mean, as a young, a young kid singing. I mean, I, I mean, like at parties, my mom, you know, she'd throw me in the middle of a, of a room and be like, Kara, do your thing. And I just loved it. Mm. I was like, I couldn't get enough, you know? And then, um, the big thing that I had ever done prior to that, well, after that was uh, my fourth grade talent show, I sang Mariah Carey. And um, I just remember, I just, it was like home, you know, being on stage and Which singing. What song did you do? I sang Make It Happen, which is about her up-and-coming song, about having faith and about, you know, and I just love the song. And uh, I just remember, so, you know, a little backstory is my mom was, I, I want to say, uh, I don't really know how to say it, but she, I think she, you know, struggled with mental illness. I think that's a nice way of putting, uh, drug dependent on prescription drugs, not all the way there. You know, my, so you lived with a large degree of crazy. Oh, beyond. So she, um, she was kind of crazy, very unstable. So she dropped us off at a babysitter's house and like, I'm like, I don't know when she's coming back, that kind of thing. And, uh, that was my debut night in my talent show. And she dropped me off the babysitters. And I mean, we had a head full of lice, dirty little kids. And I was like, listen, bitch, you got to do your crazy another day. I got a performance I got to get to. And so I, I broke out of the babysitter's house and ran across the street to my house and I snuck in and broke into my own home to get my outfit ready. 
<laughs> and then I ran to my uh, elementary school. I jumped a ditch and I got my shoes dirty. I remember that. And then I was like, I'm here. The show must go on. And I tow that shit up. I mean, I got on stage and just did my dance, did my song, itched my head, <laughs> you know, singing. Woo! And uh, I just remember like nothing was going to hold me back. And it didn't. Like as a kid, you don't feel sorry for yourself. You just, you just go on. It's like, it's beyond you. And you're like, nope, go into this thing. And I just remember the song was called Make It Happen. And mama made it happen. You had to go. Had to go. You know? <laughs> there wasn't a prize. They didn't do okay. that. They did like a show. So, you know. What a matchup. And what a team. Mike, Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32 gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on our T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. This is Take Fountain with Ella James. So, coming to Hollywood, what was the focus? Was it going to be comedy? Was it going to be singing? I didn't, I, I didn't really know, because at that point I wasn't singing as much, and I was also just kind of figuring out, like, in my... St- and I, I hadn't really done stand-up, really. I just was like, I know I need to be here. Um, I was going to school in Texas. I was, like, 19. I was doing, like, a junior college for music, and I was like, what am I doing here? This isn't even the kind of music I want to sing. It's opera. I don't really want to be an opera singer. Um... I'm not really into school. Like at that age, I just didn't want to sit down and read books, you know? And I was like, why did I choose to go to a junior college? It just was like, I need to go to LA. (laughs) So I packed up the goldfish, hypothetically speaking, or metaphorically speaking, and I just like moved out to LA when I was 20 with like 300 bucks. And then I was like here. And I was like, oh God, I got to figure out how to stay alive, you know? That's scary. It is scary. 20 years old and you have 300 bucks. By the time you get here, you've got 300 bucks. And then, like, I came out here. I had two friends I just met in Texas that wanted to pursue the arts. They came out with me, and we all rented a studio apartment together, three of us. It was a tiny studio. And after we paid our deposit, I had no money. It cents. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? And um, there was, like, a deal at McDonald's for 35-cent cheeseburgers. <laughs> I was like, that's what I ate. And then eventually I, w- I had some money coming in from my – I would work at Starbucks in Texas, so there were some checks coming in, and I transferred to a Starbucks in, you know, L.A. So it, it worked, but there was, like, a week when I had been out here for about a week, maybe two weeks. I was like, uh-oh. Have you ever asked yourself, am I insane? Should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, especially when I was younger. Yeah. Def- or many times over. I think anybody does. Well, when things are hard and your resources are on the line and you're like, how am I going to provide for things, you're like, oh, gosh, I should have thought this through, but I'm, I've got my 20-year-old. 20 year old brain not being on life skills yet thinking what did I do however I think God uses all that because if you'd have known how hard something was or if you'd have known you might have not have come or delayed it so I spent my growing up years my adulthood has always been in LA not in Texas so I like had to kind of grow up Mm. you know figuring out how to get an apartment that kind of stuff so, I mean, it, it all works out, but definitely. And then, you you know, you're out here doing the grind for a while, and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm not a star yet. Then you revisit the place of, am I crazy? And then you get past that because something happens, and you're like, I love it. And then, yeah. And then it's like a cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to a friend the other day, and um, and I have often made reference to the fact that I wish, periodically, I wish that I was the kind of person who could get a job at the Bank of America, leave at the same time every morning with mm. my lunch in a plastic box, 
catch public transport to work, work all day, come home, cook a meal for my family, watch television, and then on Saturdays take the kids to soccer and to visit mum. Do you know, that, that is how I paint normalcy. Yeah. And... I think for the most part that is, outside of this type of industry or but big But I love cities. how I see that as my alternative. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a friend the other day said... You know, I'm going to have to give this up and just get a job. And I said, but why is it just? Mm. What if, what if there's a third alternative? Mm. What if, what if there is something great that you could do that would satisfy and fulfill you even more? Because forget, forget the money. Yeah. Right. Um, because that's, that's one part of it, but it's the fulfillment really mm -hmm. that does it. And as much as fulfilled as I get from banking, <laughs> and, and spending these yeah. are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> um, it is the it's being on set. Mm -hmm. It's it's knowing what you're doing on set, bringing somebody's words to life, mm -hmm. working with a director, being in the light, mm -hmm. um, knowing all of that. Uh -huh. That's the the fulfillment. And I just I don't know whether I could get that servicing an ATM or. Probably not. I mean, I, I don't know what that third option is, and I know there probably is stuff we can't imagine that might, for some people, they can, you know, maybe do this thing part-time or that thing part-time. I mean, for a lot of my friends and for myself for a long time, it was like a million side jobs and then still allowing me the freedom to do what I loved. Mm. Nothing glamorous in that other than it is what it is and it's a means to an end, and then you're still doing your thing. You're getting on stage at night or you're doing other shows, you're auditioning or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's, I think, is for a lot of people that can wear people out too though um it's definitely a faith journey for me i mean there's really no answer i mean sometimes something will happen for someone you'll go oh wow that's really cool how that does kind of that intersection of i can pay my bills and i still get to pursue or do or this is somewhat in the field and i'm you know i do see that for some people mm -hmm. where it's that kind of third option but i, I don't really don't know what that looks like for everybody i mean who does right I um, I'm toying with this notion at the moment, and that is, I've often believed that the greatest change in our lives comes through other people. Mm. That I look back on the major events, both good and bad, and it's not been necessarily about anything I've done. Mm. It's been about meeting a person who mm. can move me in a different direction. It's always about relationships. Right? I always feel like it is. Um, but I'm now also looking at the fact that it's when you, it's when you really let go. Mm. When I look around people who have transitioned, because now I've been here a few years and I'm sure this has happened to you, the longer you're here, the greater the chance of the fact that you've actually hung around with somebody who's now doing it. Well, you're absolutely right. I can't remember. Honey, do you remember who said... Uh the actor who made it later in life and he said the only thing he did different than his friends was he did not leave Los Angeles. He said the only reason I made it was because he goes I had a lot of talented friends but the difference between myself and them is that I never left. Was, yeah, I, was that Samuel L. Jackson or was it I Dustin know, Hoffman? I mean, I or, Anthony Hopkins made it late in life. It was one of those, one of the greats that said really he goes I just I never left. Yeah. And I do see people that have done well uh, that have are getting breaks and I'm like wow I knew them before this that and the other they just they haven't let up you know um, 
there's that theory and it is magic, isn't it? I mean, it feels like it. It feels like Pandora's box. That's yeah. why I'm a big believer in community and friendship and living life now. Because, like you said, relationships are powerful. They also feed your soul. And we're not made to worship our dream. And that's where we go wrong a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that you, you? It's in your heart. You want to do it so much. But when it becomes your God, it becomes a thing you live for. It can. It can be a very. Uh, uh, unfaithful God back to you. It can Mm. really let you down. And I think like in the meantime, look, I love to party. I love having people in my house. I love cooking. I love going hiking. I love going to nature. I love, you know, getting into trouble and, and and I love, love, love people. So I don't want to hibernate just working on projects and getting in shape so I can go on auditions and just work on my music. And, and then it's just party one Kara until I make it. That's not how I want to live life. I think actually, like you said, all the things that have, I've gotten, uh, the little breaks or things that have happened for me have always been through doing my thing and being around people. So I think there's something to it, it, you know, and it's a way to alleviate and to, you know, not do this life alone because out in LA, it could be very anonymous. And what's weird is that you come to LA after a few years, you just, you feel like there's a party all the time around you and you didn't get invited feels like there's this excitement and hunger in the air and adrenaline which is awesome but you didn't get an invite to it and that could be crushing it could be very isolating too and it's a weird place for people because they can feel very depressed in a very sunshine fun-filled atmosphere and go oh I, I know I want to be here but I just feel so alone and what's wrong with me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. loneliness is a big one out here because this type of industry requires you to focus on yourself focus on your stuff get yourself in shape get your blah, 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 you know, mm. work on this, work on your brand, work on your social media. And then it's just a bunch of, you know, on your computer, on your social media, and you're not really doing life. You're not really social. You're, you just look like right. it on. on. Well, also, I think there's that thing that all of your promotional materials are you at your best. Oh, come right? on. It's a highlight reel. And so you're from your reels to your headshots to everything, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, and you're surrounded by them because you're, you're having to deal with them on a daily basis. It's not like I've lined my bathroom with them. So, <laughs> you know, God, you're just such a gorgeous thing. Yeah. You know, but seriously. And then I wake up in the morning and I look at myself in my 10 by magnifying mirror and I think, no, you don't look anything like that person. Well, who does? Right? And, but that is a... I think that used to be a uniquely Hollywood kind of thing. I, I don't think, think it now is anymore, with yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and, and Instagram everything, and all of those things, I think all women and men, mm-hmm. it's not just a female problem either, mm. all men and women are now identifying themselves visually, right? Mm, yeah. It is a weird kind of poison. It feels kind of like you have to really check it. So I'll put, you know, I could really put do my makeup amazing. I don't like to brag, y'all, but check my Facebook out. It's on point. My Instagram is on point. You haven't gotten any effort for me at all. What's that about? What do you mean? Well, for the podcast, darling. Oh, what do you mean, darling? What you want me to do? Where are the false lashes? I know. I'm about to go work out. Um, I know. Well, that's the thing. Like, I love, I love to transform. I think transforming is actually more fun than the actual finished product for me. I love to see uh, the before and afters. I love that. I look at that makeup. But my point is, is I don't buy into it. So I'll put up some pretty pictures and I'll put up like a one of me just doing life because it's real. People connect to that. I think it's inspiring too. You know, I, I put up a photo 
photo on Instagram where it was just uh, we were in a, we were having a date night and I was really trying to be glamorous. <laughs> and I took a photo of me and I was like, shit, that looks amazing. If I do so, so I'll be like, I don't know who that is. That's how good, you know, slap a filter, do my angle, suck in my cheeks. And then I did a before picture and I said, scroll to see the before picture. And it was me. I look like a fraggle rock, no makeup. It, it does. It does not look recognizable, but I love that personally. And I think it's, I think it's inspiring and fun. And it's also like, I'm not, I'm not buying into it completely. Like I know what goes into the, what goes into it and it's fun. And I like to do that almost for my own self, you know, for just a reality check and people love it. They laugh so hard. It's just, I'm like, look, if I could do it, you could do it. (laughs) I think, I think you should do a makeover on me and we'll film it. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. I love it. I love doing people's makeovers. I love it. Oh my gosh. We'll pick out, pick out a look you want to see and we'll do it. Oh, totally. Like we could literally transform your face. That's what's exciting. It's fun. Not that you need to, but it's fun. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about something that I know that you did. Mm-hmm. Well, the Reese was it Reese with a spoon in the movie uh, where she walked the the wild. Oh, the Pacific Thanks, yeah Pacific Crest Trail. Painting TK. Thank uh-huh. you, darling. Wild. Yeah. So, so you relive that walk on that trail. Yeah. I, is it the Pacific Northwest? Uh, no, it's a Pacific Crest Trail. Thank you. It starts at the border of Mexico, goes all the way into Canada to Vancouver, pretty much. How much of it did you do? I did about four, well, collectively, I've done about five hundred miles now. But the first stretch was about four hundred, close to four hundred. What yeah. inspired you to do that? Good question. <laughs> uh, who knows? No, I actually saw the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon, and it was like one evening, and I was, she had her story of grieving and dealing with her stuff, and that was interesting. But really, what I mean, that was a cool part of the story. But most of it, I was like, what? What is this trail? What's through hiking? What's long distance hiking? Who does this? Why would you want to do it? Oh my gosh! But it just started the mind uh, seed planting of like this romanticized idea of going off the grid and adventure and spiritual and then the community. So I started to research it and I fell in love with um, this amazing documentary about it. You can find it on YouTube. It, it's called As It Happens. If you look it up, these two dudes went on this journey and it was so beautiful. And I woke up in the middle of the night after watching that movie at like 3 a.m. And I was like thinking about the trail and I woke up and the first thing I said at like 3 a.m. out of my mouth was, God, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm too scared. And I caught myself and go, wait a minute. God's not making me do anything. What is this mental? And I thought, oh, shit, I'm in for it. I feel like I'm supposed to do this trail. And I was terrified. And I really feel like God was getting me ready in my spirit to go on this journey. And I didn't know exactly what it was for, you know? Um, so eventually, like, what was it? Like maybe six months later, I'm on this trail hiking and I met people and I had this crazy experience. And then it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, I did my portion that I wanted. To, I thought I was going to do the whole thing, but that was not at all going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Like, I got out there. I did about collectively about two months and it was life changing. Well, no, never on my own. There was always people around and people I hiked with, but it wasn't like I had predetermined that. You kind of, I met one girl initially through a women of the PCT page and she was like, I don't want to go alone. I was like, me neither. So we were going to start the hike together, having never met. And we started at the border together at Mexico. But then you realize once you're out there, there's so many hikers that are doing this because there's a season you kind of have to do it. And you kind of make friends and you buddy up with people and you do what they call leapfrog. Like you might hike by yourself for a few miles or a day and then you end up running into the same people. So you're always kind of at camps with people. Okay. Kind of. That's how initially it starts. And then the second time you did do it with a friend. I did. I went out with a friend of mine who had been wanting to do the PCT and I had taken her out as like a friend to kind of help her and she got into it and loved it. 
Okay. And we did a big chunk. Hysterical footage of you coming across a rattlesnake. Oh my gosh. Like the first time I'd done the PCT two years prior, it was a drought year. There was like, believe it or not, just like I never saw snakes, like maybe one. Yeah. Um, rude awakening this year because it was such a great rainy season. I don't know if that had, maybe there's more footage, more, uh, uh, animals for them to eat. I guess there's more foliage. I don't know what it was, but I mean, every day I, I saw about three snakes and they will wake you up. They will make you wake up and soil your shorts, which never happened, but came close because you're about to step and you're like, Oh my gosh, give me a heads up. And there's nothing like that adrenaline. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like you suddenly look up and, and your car's heading for a stopped car. That feeling mm. of slamming the brakes mm. on. That, that, you just oh. forget there's these beings out there and they're doing their thing yeah. and you're in their space and you're like, oops, sorry, I almost stepped on you kind of thing. Isn't yeah. that crazy? So what does the future hold for you? Oh my gosh, who knows? I've heard that thing that said, I just noticed your pantyhose. How pretty are those pantyhose? Um, they're leggings. They're, they're so pretty. They have these stripy, little, little stripy, uh, sexy little leggings. Looks yeah. like Chicago. Oh, thank you. You're like jazz, all that jazz. And all that jazz. jazz. Yeah, yes, what your legs are. You to sing oh, I will. Do you want me to sing? So I'll bring yeah. my little guitar over. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah, lovely. Yeah, I'll go grab it. So, the, if you we heard this. Just talk quietly amongst ourselves. Yeah. We've got Da Vinci over there. I know, right? Madison. <laughs> um, have you. Um, heard this expression that says, you know, you, you tell God your plans and God laughs. Have you heard that? Yeah, but I say planning is God's comedy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so there's that. There's always that, like, that mystery of, like, you know, you're doing your thing and you've got your, like, five-year plan or whatever, and God's like, okay, okay, ha, ha, ha. So I, I still think you need to put out goals and stuff, but then you got to be loose about it. you got to kind of, yeah. like, be Plan flexible. Plan for the future but live like there isn't one. Yeah. yeah. So I think I lean more now on grace and more on just, like, God, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> because, I mean, I think as long as you're living every day, like, what you're meant to do, the, everything's going to kind of come together. Like, if you're supposed to be singing, sing, act, act, whatever, and get in projects and do stuff, but the big picture thing, you just, you run your race and you kind of stay out of the result. You're like, you know, that's up to God, like the big pictures up to God, because that causes too much anxiety for me. It makes me overthink all the details and what I need to do. I just mm. be of service, live love, not to sound like a hippie about it, but I really do think you kind of have to like almost do it, but then let go. Like I have a big performance mm. Monday night. That was huge. This, mm. this, this thing I'm doing Monday night is a huge performance yeah. that found me. And it was just doing my stand-up. And, and I'm very nervous. singing with Steel Panther. I'm singing with Steel Panther. If you guys don't know them, look them up. They're a hilarious comedy music band. They're, they, they started off as a cover band of, like, all the hair, fun metal songs of the 80s. And then they started their own, their own songs and originals. And they get, like, huge artists to come sing with them. I'm singing the song Pink sang with them. Sweet child of mine. And I'm so totally nervous about it. <laughs> it's Monday. I'm nervous. But having nerves is, is... It's good. It's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I'll get you guys my guitar. Yeah, we'll it. just... Um, walks across, gets guitar. Walks across. So we normally take a photograph at the end of the podcast how to put I... with it. So it's okay. I'll just photograph yeah, my how about, how leggings. About you give them, how about you get them, uh, give them like one of professional my... professional headshots. <laughs> yeah, because it's a I'll little too up. gritty. Can we hold it up next to my face to make it look like we're together? Yes, let's do it. Okay, good. Here oh we go. Oh, my gosh. Um, this, this is a song I wrote... And I hope you like it. Let's see if it's... Yeah, here we go. How does that sound as far as... Is it too close, Mike? Um, okay. Yeah. I'll give you guys a little bit of this. This is a song I wrote called The Garden.
grass doesn't grow if it's not the ground without the darkness like him not be found in fish cannot swim if it's not the sea without the air we cannot breathe in no song but i just want to keep it going oh no it's just gorgeous oh. even more beautiful than when you're on stage this is really from my heart it's more on stage i'm normally singing like parody songs and i'd belt it out a little bit but this mm. is stuff i wrote so it's like you know it's like from my soul from my soul but you have such a special sound oh. do you get taught to do that thing i think you, you know, learn that thing that i don't know what that thing I don't is know. but when you you it's like a yodely thing. It's kind of like a. Yeah. I'm so technical, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I think you kind of find your voice, just like comedy or whatever. You kind of play around and you're like, oh, this is what feels good, is yeah. what feels right. You gonna write an album? Or? Um, it's funny because I've recorded some of this as like a demo a while back, and then I've kind of shelved it, and I want to re-release it and re-record it and do music videos and just see where it goes, you know. Mm. All that jazz. I just add all that jazz. jazz. Is that the third time we've done that? I think, I think so. It is. Um, third time's a charm. Hey, baby. I wish you every happiness. Oh, back at you, every man. Success, but I think the happiness thing is the thing. It is good. This has been delightful. Oh, yeah. Ella, I love you. You're so sweet. And Ella, if you guys don't know this, I'm sure they do, but you're hysterical as well and stunning. And you guys got to check her out yeah. at one of our shows, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, darling. So sweet. You've been listening to Tape Fountain with Ella James. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audio Boom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify, or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.